yo. <laughs> uh, Alex and Koku, we're back, baby. I honestly, truthfully, do not know what episode we're on. I think we're 40. Yeah, I saw it. Yo. Oh. <laughs> wow. This is, yeah, yeah. Hey. We're middle-aged. Yeah. This is we, perfect. I, I, I feel good. It feels good. It feels right. I feel like I live the life of a 40-year-old anyway, so... Yeah, I'm. I've really, really been trying to be on my like black uncle shit. Like, oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to lean in heavy. I feel like, like you. Ha- you have been. <laughs> you got it. I'm trying to. I feel like I still have work to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, remember when it's you a had process. That, remember you were leaning into your black auntie shit. I know, and now <laughs> I'm trying to. Now I'm trying to. Now I'm trying to swing. Damn. <laughs> I'm definitely trying to. I'm trying to Pendulum. see, like you know, yeah. Hey, you gotta, you gotta imbibe both. You gotta have a balance. See, I just exactly. My my partner just said, you know, you you be dancing like an auntie, and I'm like, oh, well, that's the point. Hey, let's <laughs> that's get it. it. <laughs> that's it. I'm trying to. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to find my like the sweet spot is somewhere right there in the middle. So yeah, you know, sure. if I can be Tyler Perry and Medea, like damn. <laughs> Yo, so I love the conversation that happened around that where it was like, hey, you know, like, if we being honest, Tyler Perry, <laughs> Tyler Perry is the world's best and most popular drag queen. Like, mm-hmm. there's RuPaul, and then there's Tyler Perry. And it's yeah, like, facts. when you when you put in that perspective, it's like, oh, facts. Mad facts. Yeah. Have you seen the thing? It's like, I think Tyler Perry spent more time as Medea than himself. In like, film? Oh. No, it's in in life. <laughs> like, you gotta rehearse. Exactly. You gotta back rehearse. In right. the play, in the, during the play days, during the yeah. casting calls, during everything, like method acting. Method acting. And you know, like I just uh, one of the one of the art people I love here and uh, in Ohio, Columbus specifically, is uh, Hakeem, and he just released yeah. a whole. He just released a whole collection of Medea slash anime merch and I'm I was like so fire clocked I got it I got it before we get deeper to this we gotta introduce our guest we we going on this is this is late stage like Alex level commentary we gotta we gotta introduce um um Alex you wanna go ahead and introduce our guest today yeah yo so a couple weeks ago no, not a couple weeks ago. Like a, at the end of last, last year. year. Yeah, that's crazy. We had uh, had Hanif on. And as we were talking about, you know, music and where it's going, uh, Hanif started, we were kind of talking about just like how music is becoming like more women led, more queer led, like just less like men up in it all, which mm-hmm. is... uh exciting and so Hanifa called out aloe vera and we were like yo like we need to get aloe vera on the podcast and especially just being a columbus artist somebody who is trying to you know hopefully push things like you know forward in the city like we are like wanted to yeah be able to have be able to have the homie on so aloe vera would you like to you know share a little bit about yourself yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, my name's Aloe Vera. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I, I was laughing because I 
I've been embracing being corny lately. And so someone, I think my- like, Yo, you're my, in the right place. <laughs> you're in the right place. <laughs> like, so a thing I say when I perform, I perform like this really like jungle mix uh, first track. And I say, uh, I, my name is Aloe Vera and it's Vera, nice to meet you, you know? like. <laughs> Yo, that's it. That's it. Because it's kind of smooth. Because it's kind of smooth. Like, and it's like, I'm from Ohio. Of course, I'm a little corny. Like, you know. You start spitting right after. I I feel like you got to start spitting like two milliseconds after. No, nah, very, I, and it's very like nice to meet you. It. I beat you. I beat just start going off. <laughs> start going off. Like, don't waste any time. Like, no, I think, uh, I, so. Uh, speaking of like people in Columbus, there's this uh, there's this filmmaker I really love uh, named Cameron Granger, uh, and he mm. got me on to this thing called Nathan for You mm. uh, <laughs> through the rehearsal because yes, he kept yes. talking about the rehearsal, and I was like, "What is Nathan for You?" And I watched it, and it was just like, "No, like lean into awkwardness. Like, yeah, you gotta yes. lean into that because it's like there's so much there's so much to be learned from awkwardness, and there's so much like to be gained from it too. Mm -hmm. uh, I just recently learned this thing where it was like, if you <laughs> if you are silent for four seconds, most people take that as a sign that you are rejecting them. And then we'll like further on a conversation. And somebody told me that and I was like, oh, I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I've learned so much about people because I'm just like, oh yeah, work. And they ask me a question and I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> just days, just days, you know? I feel like that's like a, it's like a, uh, because we like to have, you know, sometimes we'll have like people we've known for a while on the podcast, or sometimes it's a situation like today where like we're meeting you for the first time and like getting to chop it up. And it's always this like kind of just like funny, just thing where it's like, all right, there are going to be some times during the conversation of anything when you're meeting somebody new where you're like, all right, maybe like, where do we go with this? Yeah, it's a lot. It's like, it's like always like, I'm definitely somebody who I'm like, oh, I want to like fill in the, fill in like the awkwardness. But also it's just like very normal. Like yeah. it's a, just the thing that happens. And that's why I got so like, I love podcasts. I love podcasts down. So I listen to like a lot of podcasts, like uh, Open Mike Eagle has some podcasts I listen to, uh, The Read, uh, Best Friends, uh, Dad, what is it, Dad Bod Rap podcast. I love podcasts so much because I've learned to sit with silence and I just love listening to people talk and it like helped me learn to listen to people talk. And what's interesting about podcasts is, you know, a lot of people edit out the silence in their podcast and I'm mm -hmm. like, <laughs> you gotta because it's entertainment uh, and i get that but it's just like oh damn i i didn't realize and it made me think about how a lot of people that i know at least uh use podcasts as like a form of like social engagement where they don't have to particularly engage and how even mm -hmm. that like understanding is something that is developed for entertainment which sounds like it makes like obvious sense but it's like there, there's like this cultivated authenticity people tap into when it comes to just content in general, especially online content when it's not like from celebrities, you know, and the more 
the discon more disconnected people are from the hierarchy of like oh i'm like a a a list celebrity the more people are willing to engage in someone as if like they're their best friend i think people call it like parasocial relationships or something mm. And, like, mm. and it's like dang like you i gotta be aware all the time that like information is being communicated to me in a way where i have to pay attention and like it's it's weird <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i think that's interesting because i'm not sure it's something i read or watched recently about these these barriers being breaking down between like social lives and our um, internet lives and how they're mm. kind of intermingling and how every second you, you do have to be aware of what you're saying because it's, it's going to reach somebody and someone's going to respond to it. And, and you, eventually you have to interact with that. Like it comes to affect you outside of like um, your square box of a phone. It's, it's interesting. It's, it, it's a wild time we're living in. For really sure. Is. I think uh, to like further on that, the, there's that, but then I was thinking about like there was a, somebody who said like it's to the point now where you have to look at like pictures to make sure they don't have weird fingers now because <laughs> you don't know if it's AI art, oh, you don't know if it's AI true. or not, and then there's like whole deep fakes which is like putting on people's face and talking. It's like if that technology is available for the public, like. There's so many ramifications to that. They're just like, and like, we can see the worst versions of it and be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, you know, you, you trying to get one over because this is like a public person accessing it to trick public people. But I'm just yeah. like, yo, <laughs> it, it's wow. It's, it's here. There was just recently the streamer. Um, I can't remember their name, but <laughs> did you hear about it? I know exactly what you're talking and it's not even funny it's not it's, not, funny. it's terrible it's so terrible alex if you haven't heard this is streamer can't remember their name um he was streaming and he was sharing his screen and for a split second you could see what he had on his desktop before he blacked it out to do whatever he was going to do but in that split second people took a screenshot zoomed in onto all of his um internet tabs and he was on an ai what was it just ai porn website and the AI website was using um, um, deep fakes, which is when they kind of take a slimmer face and morph it into like a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of other Twitch streamers that he was friends with. So like he knew these people personally, but was still paying to use his website to see a deep fake version of them on a nude body. Okay. I had... I, I did and see he got some back, stuff about he this got, on Twitter. And it's what like it's the reality we're living in. Like we gotta zoom in on finger, but it's getting so good where the people are paying like, money this. Right. And and that like really that specific instance really gets into like this understanding of like you I personally try to engage with things with like the most morality and the most mm -hmm. ethics, like the most ethics that I can like you know, you know better, you do better. And it's like, mm -hmm. you, I really don't like engaging of like, you should have known better, but like, you should have known better a little bit, yo. No. Like, like you, you used a computer you use for work mm -hmm. one. And then these are your yeah. friends. Like, these are your friends. Like those are people your people. You connect like with. Like, 
I don't know. I live a very liberal life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I can't, I live a life where I can't open Instagram or Twitter in public because most of my friends are just like at it. But mm -hmm. like, you know, like you can't, you can't do stuff like that to the point where you're like, you're, you're, you're literally using uh, technology to like, I don't, I don't, it's what it is. Like you're using technology to get around someone's consent. Yeah, that's, real, that's exactly right? what it is. Scary. That's scary. The, the wildest part is he was <laughs> doing it while at work, like he was streaming. You had that up <laughs> on yo. your work computer. Work computer? Like, like that is, <laughs> yo, I'm afraid of like Googling shit. Like just <laughs> in your basic ass, like. <laughs> I've never Googled a recipe in his life. He doesn't Google I'm like, how to make yo. banana bread. <laughs> He's and honestly, it's just like all like, literal you know of course like trauma from being in like bad work environments where they are like heavy on like monitoring that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. but like yeah no i i i can't imagine, <laughs> you cannot imagine. yo um so before we get um deeper into the car i feel like <laughs> we jump in we jump in hurdles but i i like this this I like is this. the best i like this, this race best kind of episode <laughs> it's good it's good we keep it going but we really yeah. do want to know what you've been listening to throughout the week or throughout the year just a couple of albums tracks local artists big artists past artists upcoming artists that you've been really like just fucking with i that easy uh i, I really take music to a really meditative state where it's what gets me up in the morning like i wake up like 6 5 30 4 like 5 34 whatever every morning and i just like give myself time to be awake and not do nothing for nobody. Mm -hmm. um, and so I listened to music at that time. And an album that I have loved is uh, You the Baby by You the Baby. It's like Bandcamp exclusive. Mm. And hey, is, exclusive. Uh, yo, it's Joshua <laughs> Virtue and Davis. And it is just like a really, it's a really intricate work all gas, no skips. And it just starts my morning off in a real good place. Uh, it just flows really well. I, I've been really digging that album. Uh, who else have I been listening to? Cake. Cake is this uh, like really amazing rapper. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what their bass, but like they have like these being puppy cat samples and all this like cool stuff. And like, and it's just like, like, it's very queer music, but it's very like about itself. Like they know who they are and they're communicating that through just their lived experience through it. But it's like, it's hard, like, yeah, 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 yeah. which I, which I always love. Uh, Pink Navel, someone who does what I feel like they, they communicate the softness of life. Uh, they are a hip hop artists. Uh, they communicate the softness of life but you can feel like an anger and passion behind it. Their last record, Epic, I listened to a lot. Uh, and then as far as local, it's, I'm a Cali dreamer stan. Uh, Cali, hey. Cali undead the homie. stan. That is the homie. Uh, I just checked out this newer artist, Raya. We just performed at a big room bar. Uh, they're amazing, amazing vocalists. Uh, I'm trying to think else local that i really love um not off the top of my head though 
it's it's kind of hard to get into local music since the pandemic because it's like you got to be in public a lot uh right and i'm not i'm not certain who curates the music that i want to listen to from here mm-hmm. like most of the music i've learned about in columbus is friends like yeah people i've performed shows with people i've been in public or in person with so it's really that's been a hit you know not being able to connect with community as much because i take like a lot of precautions even still you know and that's really hard <laughs> like because because yeah. i love music so much but yeah that is a that's who i'm really doing and i would say joshua virtue and cake uh, those are daily listens and then yeah like I'm really into alternative, like black alternative, uh, specifically like hard rock, punk, goth music made by black people, even dream pop. Uh, and Cali Dreamer made this really, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get offended if he listens to this, but uh, like Lil Yachty made that Pink Floyd <laughs> record that he just made. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a departure from what Lil Yachty usually does. And Cali Dreamer did something similar with like goth music. But I think the difference is when artists make departure from hip hop specifically, I really dislike when hip hop artists are like, I'm, I don't want people to see me as just a hip hop artist. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm more than that. And like, Cali didn't do that, like, was very much just like, no, I'm still rapping on this, but like, we are engaging and you know, golf music specifically has its roots in like uh, uh, shock rock, and that has its roots in oh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins was like for me and for like a lot of musical scholars, that is where goth rock comes from. Mm-hmm. And he has that infamous song "Spell on You" that Nina Simone covers, and like you know, it's like all these things trace back to black performance so when like black people engage in alternative music it's this like reclamation that i Mm -hmm. love uh Mm. there's this artist zeal and arbor uh where they combine gospel industrial and like you know like metal too and it's just like these gospel chants and it's just like the guitar going and it's like you you it was wild i heard shackles in the music like jangling and i was like what is this (laughs) (laughs) it was like negro spiritual but like rock music and i was like what is happening i first time i heard zealand arbor i was just blown away and then i was just like i'm i'm going to be a fan of this music uh the, the yeah, image uh, I have of that is I imagine Kirk Franklin in an Iron Man suit for some reason. <laughs> like, no, and, like, and that's what it is. Like that's, that's what, what I is. saw. Kirk Franklin in an Iron Man suit. That's base. It's like, so tight. <laughs> <laughs> me, are you with me? Oh, oh my god! Oh, don't give me because like you know, Serato just released that thing where you can like really, really take mm-hmm. you know get any the vocals you know, out straight from the right. Don't don't like, don't get wild. I, I produce. Oh, so shoot. like 
Yo. Yeah, you, you, you giving strip, me ideas. You can strip, strip the drums out, strip the, just the vocals e out. Strip the, oh, you're yeah. with me. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Hit the whammy and everything. Ah, that's, yeah. that's what we need. Like, I really think uh, to that point is that, like, there's this really beautiful grace that gospel music is always, like, I grew up in the church. And so, like, there's this really beautiful place that gospel music still to this day takes me to. And I think black gospel especially has its roots in like, you know, these African traditionalism that isn't inherently secular, you know, like yeah. how people describe, oh, there's gospel music and there's secular music. But this is a, there's this really wonderful musical called uh, uh, Days Pass. No, <laughs> that's the name of my album. It's called Passing Strange. And the first scene of that is a young boy in church realizing that like his church's music is like maybe slightly different than Jimi Hendrix. He's growing up in the seventies and there, there's such a small line between the secular and the gospel. And I think gospel music embracing modern sounds really, really does a lot to start the conversation of like healing those wounds that I think yeah. I see in a lot of people. Um, I think the modernization of the church, truly, it's just like something I think about a lot, uh, being from it, like, yeah, I think about like Fanny Lou Hamer and all those people who were just like operating out of churches back in the day, like, right operating out of property that was owned and stuff that <laughs> there was like a base of power and we see like this disconnect generationally and it, it really roots back to that you know and yeah. i find that really interesting that if the music if we like delineated those lines like we like dissolved those lines of secular and gospel and really got to like what the root is is of like providing for people's needs and being community again <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah it's i mean i i also like i grew up like heavy like church background and that's like something that i think about a lot specifically in terms of, like the music and like the relationship that you have to music when it comes to church because like for me growing up like whether i was in black churches whether i was in like more you know predominantly white like mega church settings like music is still like i mean mega churches are damn near like concerts like it's a it's a pop show it's like the music is such a it's an integral part of it it's both like how you start the service it's how you end it like Mm -hmm. the you know the cue of like when the pastor's starting to hit kind of like coming towards the end like bring out the keyboardist because like it's time to get going and so like the relationship that like I as I've kind of shifted away from like being involved in church and like as my like views around like God and faith have like shifted it's been I think the music part has been really hard for me to like reckon with just because I think for a lot of the specifically because I've been in kind of more like the institutional side of like being in church and working in like faith-based institutions. It's like 
the policies and like how those keep so many of the people that I love outside of that setting is really hard when I'm like, all right, well, the music's good, but also like, do y'all let like queer people like sing or like, are y'all letting like, the thing is they do though. They like, just don't know it, that's right? Like, yeah, like, that's it. that. That's like a meme. Is like the mm-hmm. keyboardist be like, "Woo!" Like be little. <laughs> the keyboardist be little Richard the whole time, like, <laughs> like, and nobody says nothing, and everybody knows. Yeah, right. and like you know, like the choir be filled with like you know, choir people who <laughs> love to sing very theatrical theater yes. in high school if you catch my meaning and like they're gay and like, <laughs> and and no like that that unwillingness to talk about it for so long and to just like pretend it's not happening and then like right have sermons around like well this is not okay but like you gotta love the center and all this stuff is like that's really kept people out because it's like this just I've never understood the judgment, you know, Mm -hmm. I've never understood why that has to be at the forefront because there's so much in the text of like, at least the new Testament. That's like, this is antithetical to whatever we're trying to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's wild. It's like very, yeah. It's one of those things that, cause it is very much sort of like a, I know for a lot of my friends who are queer, who like, we're still like working in churches that like we were, we were all attending was like, as long as you keep it hidden, whatever it is, like, (laughs) as long as that is like, you know, in disguise, hidden, not out in front, like we don't really have to worry about it. Then like, it was fine. And that was always like, since I've kind of, you know, being a number of years removed from that at this point the yeah coming back to the music is tough but i still have those moments where i'm listening to a song and you can you begin to hear like some of that organ coming in Mm -hmm. or like how like you know if they're dropping a choir in there like i can hear those key changes like there are those little moments where i'm like all right it takes me you know yeah takes me back and like Mm. it's grounded in that you know grounded in that like connection to the music that I once had. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because I've only ever been to African churches, so I I imagine it's the same with most other churches, black churches and stuff. But um, like to go back what you, what what you two were saying about um people who are queer in the church, it it was the exact same as African church, but it's also like a a double a double like impact on people because not only they they have to um affect that do they feel affects their religion but also their culture back um back in like wherever they're from too so it's like super compounded and i have those same feelings you have um alex what are you saying yeah this this is very nostalgic for me this has a lot of i I can hear the bellowing organs i can feel the keyboards i can feel all of it but it's surrounded by so much negativity i don't know how i should respond to this in in a, in a way where I still feel like this is wrong to to envelop and take in, but where you can still appreciate it for the music it is is the same thing because I produce too and like I hear oh this will be a dope, dope sample like this this like this will be 
sick just to, but it's 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 weird. It's it's super weird. And it's always super weird to me, like especially like culturally, but also in the church, is because like I know there's <laughs> there's that like thing with Akon where he's like trying to start the Dispora Wars and all the time. Like, <laughs> yes, too. yes, yes. But like <laughs> because like our experiences are so similar because they're just our experiences. Like yes, not, like. Anyway, but like, I think it's really, it always strikes me so strange because, you know, those specific aspects of like, I'll call it what it is, it's hate. It's like white supremacy bleeding into something that was really meant for love and connection and community. And the, when you're out, like, when you're out of it, Yes, it's obvious, but I remember like being in the thick. I remember being in the thick of like <laughs> of Christianity specifically, and like I'm not understanding it, not understanding why there was this disconnect between like, well, why are these like you sin every day, you curse, you do this, you do X, Y, and Z. Why is it this specific thing mm-hmm, that we right. don't like have the patience and like whatever for that we mm-hmm. not even don't have the patience for it, but that we are actively against and like trying to expel from the church we're trying to expel not a thing but people from church right you know because you know they don't talk there are more sermons about there are more sermons about like gay people than there are adulterers and one of those is a commandment so that's what i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got your priorities messed up you got your right <laughs> like, like it, and when you really follow the line back it's really that you know conservative right rallying picking of an issue of you know a white supremacist issue and it starts in white churches and because of like respectability politics people right. kind of follow that line of well if they're talking about it in this church then like we should be talking about it in our church and then it's just this culture of peer pressure amongst really pastors you know like who you know spread that by talking to other pastors and wanting to uphold this the reason i have an issue with it is because it's really wanting to uphold this standard of whiteness you know like yeah it's it's when you look into gender theory when you look into sexuality it's all rooted out of like the 1700s like europe yeah is when they were like let's do this let's codify this because we went to other places and we don't know what's up and we need to justify Mm -hmm. we need to justify how we treat these people badly so let's make pseudoscience so that we can like that was that was that that was the project of race and gender is a project it was structured people did this and people take it take race and gender as these things that are so like matter of fact when like they're really conceptual inventions when people say thing when people say things are social constructs a lot of people are like no but i can see it and it's like you can see the rain, but there's still a science to how that works. It's like a right. whole cycle, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and when people use like, you know, well, in my sixth grade textbook, it's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you learned in sixth grade. That's just like you learn different. Yeah. Like, that book, 
was written in 1889. Is that credible? Yeah, was that meme of the white dude that he's dressed up like an Egyptian? Like, (laughs) (laughs) yo, it's just like the like. There's so much. I I wonder, and it's something that concerns me. Is like I wonder what it is that people don't question things. You know? Yeah. Like, there's been. something i will forever find like very disorienting and funny and not in the good way is when people are like oh i'm i don't like woke you know because the word woke is awake you know and so it's like i'm anti-woke and it's like saying i'm asleep you know it's like putting a kick me sign on your back like you're like it's it's really like this anti-intellectualism sure whatever that's a that's far down the road but in plain speaking, like I try, there's this thing where they say that like the average American doesn't have more than a sixth grade reading level. And like, damn, no, it's true. And it's, it's why I rap the way I do, because like I, when I grew up, my parents made me read like the dictionary every summer and like made me read the thesaurus when I got too good at reading the dictionary. And so like, <laughs> said, no, I, no, no. this nigga too raw. He got it. No. They would make me read books upside down because I was reading them too fast and not like, comp- like taking in the information. This is fear and factor. So, yo. <laughs> and so, and so like I, I got it. I was like hyper literate as a kid. And so the type of hip hop I listened to was also hyper literate. You know, you're like your Aesop Rocks, your mm. your like uh, bus drivers, uh, like early uh, when Rap Ferreira was going by like Milo and stuff. Like it was like really like textbook, and yeah. I loved it. Yes. I loved engaging in it. I I myself am like someone who loves verbosity. I love big words, but when I make entertainment, I make sure that the inter- entertainment meets anybody mm-hmm. anybody who engages with it and that's how i talk just matter of factly plain speaking is something that's so important to me and so when when i think about all of these things that like more progressive people try to do they really get into like a sense of elitism of like well you don't understand this big word so you know i'm better i'm better than you mm-hmm. right you know but that big word is just describing smaller words that you could use and right. then have someone understand a point. And I think uh, I think it's really crucial to continue to, you know, speak in a way where people understand and not feel a ways about it. You know, like yeah. I, it's it's something so frustrating that like <laughs> I want everything to ring. Like not for everything, not for everybody, because you can't be everything for everybody. That's that's right. that's just something you have to internalize. But who are you trying to reach with a uh, with a standard of respectability? Is something I think about. Because yeah. if you're if you're only time to reach the people at the top, they're up there for a reason. You know, you don't get to the top through kindness. Often. Mm-hmm. That right. you get through the top through exploitation more times than not. And yep. so that either the community gets to the top or a person gets to the top. And I've always had an issue with people being like, you know, like, 
<laughs> you talk about Sunday service and stuff. And so I, I immediately thought about Kanye and how like Kanye has always integrated, like always integrated like that gospel feeling into a lot of his music, old soul samples and soul and gospel are like this close. So it's like, has always integrated that. And so when people, the reason that I feel people have such a hard time separating themselves from listening to Kanye and all this stuff is because they see him as like a secular extension of the church that they don't want to access or can't access anymore for a lot of reasons. Like I know, I know queer people who like struggle not, not listening to Kanye. Like, and it's real because like queer black people, of course, but like, I know their, their, their struggle with it is because like, who's making music like that? Like, mm -hmm. and Kanye uses that to elevate himself. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's a certain sense of like exploitation and creating entertainment for people that you intend to be above, I think, you know? Yeah, we, we talk about Kanye a lot on this podcast, because I think for Koku and I both, like, he is someone that, you know, shaped a lot of like our our musical tastes. And I know that like it's also one of those things that I feel like a lot of people right now are like, yo, like trying to avoid the topic. But I'm like, I do like I think that for a lot of us, like Kanye is like an accessible like conversation point and like point of like observation. And you can kind of take a number of different things from it, not from sort of this like celebrity centric like interpretation of like different systemic matters but more so just from like a thing of like we've listened to kanye we mm -hmm. followed along like it's hard to miss him in like the public eye and there are a lot of different things at play in terms of like his career mm -hmm. in terms of you know his music the different relationships that he has and also just like you know what we have access to is like a lot of interviews and mm -hmm. things like that where you kind of see the way that uh you know the way that he's going um where it's like one of the things that i remember hearing that was kind of most like enlightening for me like early on as i started to kind of break down that parasocial relationship was like yo everything that like everybody that Kanye says that he wants to be or tries to align himself with mm -hmm. is a white dude. Like it's Walt Disney. It, it it's Elon Steve Musk. Jobs. It's yeah, Jeff Fay. Like it is all those people that like you know are like Ala, like you were saying, like they are in that you know in that position of power and wealth for a reason and it's not by like ethical means it is not and and that's what I, I find myself really lucky is that like and it's a really you know weird statement to like think about but because of Kanye there are now people directly in his lineage of hip-hop who are queer and you know like you know interpret like take his style and do queer stuff with it do like understandings of like better things with it um and i think that's why it hurts a lot of people but like specifically like i remember 
<laughs> I remember when there was this Kanye interview where he's talking about how like I the problem in hip hop is homophobia. And I was like, oh snap, whoa, what? I was like, I don't know. I was like real young when that was happening, and I was like, oh what? And then like you think direct lineage like Tyler the Creator, like Tyler the Creator is like a pop star now openly like bisexual frank ocean stuff like that and i'm very lucky that like i when i was growing up you know they weren't the greatest at the time odd future <laughs> like they were primo problematic but yeah they <laughs> they were also like 15 17 with more fame and money that you really should have at that point in time and, <laughs> and but they created queer content as i was growing up and so I was lucky to be a part of a generation of people who were seeing people like Mickey Blanco, who I don't think is in the direct lineage of Kanye for, for any way, but like very much like, yo, like there are, you can be, you can be queer and black, you know, publicly. You don't have to be in the background of the church playing the keyboard. You can be a rock star up front. You can be, yeah. you can be, in the space where you are really just existing as yourself and reaching the people you want to reach and it, to your point yeah no it's really important who you look up to it's really important who you keep around you i think i think what was really funny about like the track listing of donda <laughs> specifically was people were pointing out like i'm not listening to this album because i saw the track list and it was nothing but just dudes, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. as we were like talking about earlier, like it's, it's not even a debate. Black women run hip hop right now. Yeah. Like sure. Drake has the most sold. And if we're talking about money, that's, you know, th there's, there's a certain aspect of like, you know, patriarchal understanding that's going to be the case for a while, you know? But if we look at who is, the heat map of hip hop, who is making the most noise, who is the most inventive, you know, is it is black women. And you can't, you can't erase that from the, the, I, I was watching something that was like, uh, there are now NFL players in locker rooms dancing to like Cardi B and like Megan Thee Stallion and Flo yep, yep. Millie. And it's, it's a healing thing that I, cool, that's healing. I really think we need to do more as just like a community to really uplift the fact that it is healing though. Yeah. To give people that space to enjoy feminine entertainment, you know, like masculine dudes. Like <laughs> Drake's got a lot of problems, but when the, people were making all those memes, like, oh, Drake's saucy or whatever. It was like, yeah, but like people are engaging with that a little bit, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. They're engaging with playing with masculinity in different ways. And when I think about how historically black people have already been put in opposition to the invention of what it means to be, you know, what it means to be male, woman, you know, what it means to be straight, what it means to be all of these things, black people have always been put in the opposition to that, like historically. It opens this gate where now you really can dig into the history you know if you're respectful enough you can talk to queer elders beyond just like 
reading about like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, like you can you can read Miss Major's book. She is alive, you know, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like people you can read Angela Davis. She is alive. <laughs> we can engage with queer ancestors and queer elders in ways that weren't really advertised or like popular before and people are engaging with them and mm-hmm. i think it's really proliferating like a positive force and, and like a healing force that needs to be reciprocated you know like yeah when i saw all that stuff with like how people were reacting to like the megan the stallion like stuff i was like but you danced to megan <laughs> like mm-hmm. you were you were I think what was it Glorilla specifically where they're like, ah, oh, Glorilla rap's so different. Or I just tweeted about it earlier was uh, how people engage with Ice Spice where they're like, they listen to an Ice Spice remix and then they're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. It's like, no, you, yeah. you don't get it because if it took you connecting a male producer to this like tracks to right. get it, then you didn't get it. Because mm-hmm. it was already hot, <laughs> like, yeah. and and I think there's a lot that we need. To, it's it's beyond like protect black women because that's a very empty statement. I really dislike when people are like protect mm-hmm. black women, but on their daily yeah. they're just like dogging people and doing all this right. mess. Like, you have to engage in personal relationships with the people around you and uplift them. But you do also have to say the protect black women. Like yeah. while I dislike the performative nature of activism, often you you have to say it with your chest, even when you're in the wrong too. Even when you personally have like not been the best, you know, you still have to you have to own up to that, and then you have to say, well, yes, I did wrong, but I still stand on this. And what a lot of I, I see, uh, I'll use a gospel term, a, a Baptist term. I see people backslide as soon as they're called out, <laughs> on stuff, you know, yeah. like I see people backslide where, oh, well, I was all about this, but now y'all said this, this, this and that. And I'm like, I don't know if it's true or if I can like, and they become, they become radicalized the wrong way by engaging right. in critiques of themselves. And it's really frustrating because it's like, I get it. I get what it feels like to be like, feel like you're being mobbed on when you make mistakes or something like that. But at the same time, I don't know. I grew up in the internet age, you know, like I grew up in the internet age, not in the good way, in the Tyler, the creator way is like, you getting bullied online, log off. What you talking about? Like, yeah, right, right. close your eyes. <laughs> no, like you like log off. And it's like, when people are critiquing you online because of something you did was bad, you can log off and take space from that. There's a real planet and people you can interact with that aren't online, you know? Yep. And that's, that's what's really frustrating about like a lot of these messages from you know kanye kendrick dave chappelle is when they say stuff there are kernels of truths and there are things that you can take away from them but you know people are like oh you know like what do you do with a broken clock you throw it out you know people say that then that's also wasteful someone should be fixing that broken clock Mm -hmm. you know 
there's this disposability people engage with and when people have excesses of money and like i said you don't get excesses of money without exploitation but you are also i think there is a sense of being trapped by fame that we see kanye in where yep. hey we don't we don't go with any of that anti-semitism we don't go with any of this like white supremacist rhetoric but you see who is around Kanye now he aspired to be in these white ideals and he's around white supremacists now mm -hmm. that's that's all you see yep. him around again we don't yep. see his personal life or whatever but like he's chilling with white supremacists and I don't care how much Tucker Carlson smiles at me I know he hates me I'm not gonna be like on his <laughs> right. show like, like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't care about the check at that point like and there there is there is what i wanted to say earlier is when you i was saying you be when you're in a place where you have exploited your community to get on top but they still love you and they still vibe with you and you're in a place where they are not in you become disconnected from that community and so what is important is to really put yourself either at or below a community and push it forward and in all ways as an entertainer specifically you really got to keep pace or be beyond pushing things forward and to do that you have to listen because if you do not if you get disconnected from community you'll be lost and you'll be absorbed by people who will take advantage of you mm -hmm. and yes kind of specifically is like an agent human being making choices and we can't disconnect from that but at the same time you are who you are around you know your community reflects on you big <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that yeah and, and i think like Con connie specifically um to go what you're saying you either got the meat at the level or below him i he's so focused on being this innovator and changer that he doesn't want to meet up any anybody where they're at he's like oh i gotta be ahead at all times i gotta i gotta break the case i gotta i gotta open these people up i gotta introduce them to these new ideas but these aren't new ideas it's like you were saying here white supremacist rhetoric they're very very anti-semitic that's been we heard it we, we heard, heard it, it it's terrible it's it's disgusting and it's like if you just take a second to listen and 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 hear how what you're saying is affecting people you know, we, we can really get back in, but at, at this point, the people you're around, <laughs> literal neo-Nazis. It's, it's Yo, and, the, and there's this thing that really keeps me grounded. And it was something I learned very young before I started doing music or performing publicly. I was just making art for myself to just heal, like 19, 17, early 20s. Um, yeah. Someone said to me, there's nothing new under the sun. And I was like, what? What do you mean by that? I was like, they said, all art is just interpretation of things that already exist. When we didn't know what art was, we were painting the world around us. Mm. There's nothing new under the sun. People just iterate off iterations, off iterations. And being comfortable with that, being an innovator is really this thing that aligns with this thing called great man theory, where people think that it is great men who brought forward history and it's like no it wasn't 
Huey P. New like and, and that's that's all they like it wasn't Huey P. Yeah. New it wasn't you know who we see as the founders of the Black Panther Party it was mm-hmm. black mothers who came to coalesce together to say well I, my children need to eat and mm-hmm. we need to do right. that we need to feed if I am feeding my child well I will feed your child yeah. vice versa and then let's expand that out you know yeah. and so it really comes down to that you know in a lot of ways you really can't to be an innovator is to be delusional i think you know mm. it is to think that you your opinions your your <laughs> your ideas don't come from another place and i i fundamentally don't believe that mm. my hip hop is a almost direct translation of all my favorite hip hoppers, Missy Elliott, mm-hmm. MF Doom, mm-hmm. Rap Ferreira, you know, mm-hmm. it is a direct translation of the best things I love into a perspective that only I can have because only I can see through my eyes, but it's not new, you know? I'm not yeah. trying to be new. I'm trying to say and do things that I vibe with that other people vibe with in a way that they could dance to, you know, <laughs> like yeah. even, even the danciest music I make, I sprinkle a little stuff in it because like, wh- what are we doing otherwise? You know? Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. It's, it's like the, uh, so much of it too is I feel like really comes back to just like how, capitalism kind of pushes this like individualization like of like hey let's pin this all on one person so that like there you know there isn't this like collective effort towards like positive change it's like all right well if we can just say like i mean one example uh where like a lot of like the amazon union efforts and like really pinning it on I forget his name, but Chris Malls. Um, Chris yeah, Malls. Chris Malls. And yeah. like, I mean, had dude on magazines, had dude at the White House. I'm like, yeah, like that is a, you know, there is a level of, you know, recognition, admiration that can come with like doing the kind of work that him and his comrades are doing. But it's also like there is a very mm. intentional effort in that kind of case to be like, no let's push this like person to the forefront even though there is a incredible amount of collective effort that's happening across the board organizing it's it's community it's it's the stuff that you know as we're talking about it like and hanif brought it up too when we were chatting with him but like there is an there's an ethic of care that like has to happen and we do it like we're we do it with, you know, it's so much of like the kind of celebrification of things where it's like, mm-hmm. we're very much focused even just on a more like smaller scale thing of like, hey, here like the like big name artists that are like coming through Columbus or whatever. But it's like, yo, we have a, you know, a community of artists who are right here, who are yeah. like doing cool work that we have like an opportunity to be able to support and to get to know. And I think like that's a, one of my favorite things that we get to do with this show is like we get to have people on who are just like doing good shit in the city that like we vibe with like because that's very much I think what we're trying to do and it's just a it's it's one of those things that um 
you know, like I'll even to your point of like the um kind of that sense of like nothing new under the sun, like that's actually uh that's like my favorite, like if I were to have like a favorite chapter in the Bible, like Ecclesiastes or like that really like comes through is like was you dropping Bible verses. Yeah, Yo, that was like always <laughs> the one that like I I messed with heavy because I was like, oh, this shit's like hell like kind of cynical. <laughs> like it's like really it's kind of it's kind of dark. Yeah. But it's also like, nah, it's it's real. Like the I, I think I think that a lot in terms of like you know, when it comes to the writing that I do, when it comes to like, you know, just any type of thing that I'm creating, it's like, yo, this isn't, this isn't new. Like it's, it's very much like I heard Earl, he was uh, talking to, uh, talking to Zane Lowe on like in a recent interview um, last year. And he was talking about his like new album and, you know, he started talking about sampling as a way of like showing kind of like where you come from and like what your influences are. And I was like, that's it. Like for anything that we're doing, like it's that whole flies very much in the face of like the whole, like I'm self-made kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. nah, like we're all very much like community made, but <laughs> we are like pushed to forget that. And it's like, yo, everything that we're creating, everything that like, we're making everything that of who we are is like based on so many of the things that came before us. Like my homie Cole, he just wrote about uh he just wrote this piece about um about Pharrell. And because we were watching, we were all hanging out a few weeks ago and like watching the uh front and music video. And my homie JT was like, yo, you can see like so much of Pharrell in the way that like Tyler moves and like we put on like a Tyler the creator like video after and it's like you can like the resemblance of how they move is uncanny and it's like you can tell like he yes there was there's a Tyler is not shy about that but there's also probably just like a natural like kind of osmosis too of like seeing this person that you admire like and you're picking up on like the things that make them them and they become the things that make you you it's like it's that shit kind of blew my mind because i was like i hadn't caught it before and then i was like oh shoot yeah they move like the same exact way and that's what i want like people to take away too is that there's so much there's so much you get by being around people and when you recognize that and sit with that and then choose what you engage in. It is hard to make a choice, but you gotta make a choice. There's like this really funny video that's like, uh, take it easy, but take it. And it's like, that's so, you gotta, you have to make the choice. Not making a choice is a choice to do nothing. Even that, you're still making a choice. And, you know, I personally was like, I listen to a lot of artists like who have, really challenging personas and have done a really like not okay thing it's not like r kelly or nothing but like who are very (laughs) who are very like (laughs) upfront about like i don't know like being not the 
perfected person, you know, and there's a difference between the personal and promoting those things, you know, too. There's a difference between your private practice of who you listen to and then who are you playlisting, who are you uplifting mm. in public conversations, who are you talking about, you know? And I think that is also important to enjoy and to rectify. I personally, like, if you listen to R. Kelly, that is your business, but be on the internet talking about, I listen to this person and not engage with the fact that they have caused harm, you know? Like, that seems really simple. So it's like, it is a choice to engage with what you engage with. It is a hard choice because for a lot of people, it's what you grew up on. And that means like, it has really spiritual ties to like how you think, how you approach the world. But also when you recognize that you are influenced by what you surround yourself with, Mm -hmm. it's a daily practice. Listen to something new, listen to something that presents or promotes a positive effort message because if you don't if you don't make the choice to try to try to listen to something else you'll just be stuck where you are you know and there's a, that to me there's nothing <laughs> i was outside a show uh, after i performed and i said this to somebody i was like there's nothing scarier to me than being the same you know mm-hmm. like I, the reason why I have so much space whenever somebody's like, you know, seven years ago, this person said this or X, Y, Z, it's like, okay, that's seven years ago. Is that, are they still the same person from seven years ago? Because then, yes, that is a problem. But like, I don't mess with people who are the same person month to month, you know, mm-hmm. like people who can't recognize that I need to grow every three, like, it's a, it's a hard rule. Like, if I, like, if I can see that there's not growth in somebody's like how they approach living life in like six months, you know, it's like, what, what, what can I do for this person? What is this person doing for me? Are we engaging in community? Are we not like really evaluating who people are and how they are moving forward and how you can move forward together? I don't think you should like throw people away. In fact, I think the worst people need more intervention, need eyes on them, need people to surround them in ways that prevent them from doing harm to the communities yeah. that they're around or in. I think that's what we, we see on a large scale. We see like people wanting to engage and like disposability with like pop stars which is impossible because they're billionaires millionaires they have resources for infinite days that's not gonna happen but on a local level we see people try to like push people out of communities and that's dangerous because if they stay in the community where everybody knows what they're about you can keep that community safe because you know what to look like and where they are and if we put like engage on keeping people safe from that person but also keeping the person who caused harm around we see that person when we expel people out when we disappear people they replicate the harm because they've learned nothing and other spaces with people who don't know what they're about Mm -hmm. and that's that's vile you know it's a community responsibility to really take care of those things and 
really be a part of taking care of those things. And it's, it's, I see a lot of people trying and doing good work around it, you know, really mediating, you know, a lot of stuff like that. But it's still, it's just a while to know that that seems like a one-to-one thinking wise. There's a lot, a lot of people like common sense, not common, but it seems like a one-to-one that if you push a problem out when it comes to anything, that problem is just not where it originally is, but it's mm-hmm. a problem somewhere else. Right. And when we, what I think is really important is to realize that that's internal work too. You know, you don't get past negative understandings with yourself. You can't hate yourself personally. This is just a deep belief I've tried to like really internalize. You can't hate yourself into a different shape, you know? Like people try to lose weight through diets and like all this like anger towards what they currently look like. But most of the people I know who are on journeys like that, before they can even get to a new place, they have to really come to a comfortable understanding of where they're at. Because what trips a lot of people up on a lot of like healing journeys is like looking back at the past and going, damn, I hated that person. I don't want to be that person again. And then they get nervous or like anxious. And then they mm-hmm. either have new problems or they revert. A lot of diet, like what do they say? Like 98% of diets fail or something like that. Yeah. It's because it's like, putting pressure on yourself to be something that you're not instead of loving yourself where you're at is so it's a what you said earlier a push to individualism Mm -hmm. if you really are concerned about how (laughs) i love those little like quirky videos where like oh have this person draw you you know and then the people look at the drawing and they're like I look beautiful in this drawing. This is how this person <laughs> sees me. You really need other people as mirrors, even for internal like problems you have with yourself. And putting yourself in isolation when things aren't doing well, like is, I don't know, it's not the solution, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so good. It's like... Oh man, this has been it's it's been such a like such a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yo, how are we already like towards towards the end of time? But, yeah. Honestly, uh, these are some of my favorite episodes when we have a guest on and they just dropping facts. Like they just they, they, gems. <laughs> just spitting yeah, gems. gems. <laughs> we got we got catalogs of gems. We got quotables coming out the, yeah. the cheeks with this one. Hell yeah, For sure. out the cheeks. Yeah. Well, Alo, like for you know, for folks who are listening, who like maybe kind of like hearing about you for the first time, like mm. is there anything either that like you dropped recently or like mm. that you're working on right now that you wanna you want folks to know about? Yeah. Uh so I have two albums out right now. One is called Opaque. Uh, O-P-A-Q-U-E. I want my school spelling B. Um, no. <laughs> um, uh, Opaque uh, dropped 2021. And then last year, I dropped a record with uh, Steel Tip Dove, um, 
who's based out of New York, has done a lot of stuff with like uh, Rap Ferreira, uh, Open Mike Eagle, uh, Billy Woods. Uh, and that mm. album is called uh, Days Past Strange. Um, that shit it, is so tight, by the way. Oh, you it's ah! so good. <laughs> Yo, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> now, now that I like have known like people to have listened to the album when we talk and stuff, I then I have now decided to ask people since they've listened to the music, have you watched the musicals that the music is kind of centered around? If you have not seen Passing Strange, I'd very advise it. It's a really no Passing no, Strange. I, I get it. I gotta tap in. It's got like Coleman Domingo in it uh, from like uh, a whole bunch of stuff. But lately uh, was that the, the HBO show with uh, Zendaya, like he's in that. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. So Days Past Strange Opaque. Um, yeah. And then you can follow me on pretty much any social media. at like Allo Renegade is what I really use right now. And I just I really promote like all of my other friends events mostly. <laughs> Uh, if you're in Columbus, like uh, there's Glotaku, which is a Black-centered anime-themed dance party that happens at like Chef Hero, Double Happiness, and a couple of other venues. And uh, then uh, I think last, oh, Potpourri, uh, which is like just a Black-centered queer dance party we have. But uh, we do a specific event called Grimoire, uh, which is like goth night. Uh, so black alternative night, you know, to tie it back, to go back in the to complete the circuit. Tonight will be the night. <laughs> Tonight will be the night that I will. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> no, no, I was. Yo, I, this the Serato's about to get going. Yeah, the, the DJ. I was somewhere and somebody uh, transitioned uh, Chief Keith into some emo, and I was like, okay, yes. what are we doing? Tap what are we doing? They so tapped in. They tapped in. That sounds like my wedding. That shit's tight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the, the what you hear before you die. Chief Keith is no. emo. I no. feel like that's just so much. It's just like, ha, ha, ha. Tonight. <laughs> you know, give it to Yo, me. It's been oh wonderful talking to y'all. This oh, is, yes. Uh, yes. Been it's really been cool. great. It's been yeah. great. But, nah, yo. <laughs> Goku, where can they uh, where can they find you at? Uh, you can just find me on Instagram and SoundCloud, Boundcap, Kenny Samoa, K E N I Samoa like the cookie. I'm also cookie. on Medium. <laughs> That's just my Whoa. first last name, Koku Samoa. And um, it's funny. I I love what we talked about today because I was writing just writing about it um today and yesterday about um just like the overabundance and I was like referencing Kendrick Lamar's Poor Man's Dream. Cause uh, the the hook is like smoke good, eat good, live good, and like yeah. that's all you need to live an abundant, happy life. Like we don't need uh, this over commodification of ourselves and trying to take in all this. So I'm talking about billionaires, uh, the ethical ways of you can't be an ethical billionaire. I'm, I'm so happy you talked about this. This is we charge up, finish this out because I'm like 30 done. So I'm about to nah, knock this out. Um, Hell yeah! But Alex, where can they find you at? Oh man. Uh y'all can find me Lewis Alex 10 on all the all the things uh number 10. It's your 10. And uh yeah, check out the the Substack uh alexlewis.substack.com. Um yeah, I at the time of recording this just dropped a piece with 
our homie JT, uh, where we kind of shared our like stories of listening to Bonnie Vare's uh Eight Circle from 22 a million. <laughs> and we did like a real real fun thing where we both kind of like wrote separately and then tried to like we just like weave the pieces together in like a Converge. I think in a fun way. So yeah, tap in, tap in with that. And then definitely make sure y'all tap in with the Alex and Koku uh Instagram at Alex and Koku on Twitter too. We just be shit posting. So uh <laughs> definitely definitely check us out there too. <laughs> Please, we gotta do a chief. I'm, I'm gonna work on a chief keep um emo. Bruh, give me <laughs> give me the real. <laughs> Yo, and yeah. throw in honestly, throw in an ice spice verse over it. Oh, Kirk Franklin too. We gotta we gotta everything we talked about. You are you know how somebody come up like I get it now. <laughs> Dog, I Yo. Yo, we got we didn't get science too, but ice spices um record, the the like. It's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. It's so good. It's yo. oh my god, Gangsta Boo! Like he said, I got a place I can invite you. But I'm too shy. I got a place you can stay for the night, but I'm too shy to invite you. I like that. Come on, so Come cute. On. That's a so, poet. A poet. Poet. Yo, the the craziest thing that's been happening on the Alex and Koku Instagram recently is on MLK Day. I'm a self-acclaimed lover of all things MLK party flyers, Yo. anything about that. <laughs> and there was the uh, there was the one that went around that was like MLK Casamigos Fest. And I <laughs> came across this like Twitter reply of somebody taking the David Guetta, like George Floyd tribute performance and being like, this is the DJ at the MLK Casamigos <laughs> Fest. And I posted a reel about it. And Instagram somehow was like, Oh yeah, more people should see this. So it's been like picking up like a bunch of traction, and people have been in the comments wiling, like, just getting in like arguments, thinking that it's a real oh. thing that David Guetta actually performed that. And I so badly want to jump in and be like, "Yo, this is fake." But no, there's I, nothing you can do at this point. I'm just letting you can it do. Yeah, let it, it roll. That's you gotta the flame war play out. Them, that That's AI that. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> hey, yo, please do a deep fake of Ice Spice over me and Alex and and Alex. <laughs> it's just Ice Spice talking to me. It's just Ice Spice talking to herself. It's three that's Ice Spice. be the that's, she that's in her mood. The, that, All three. It's gonna be the announcement. <laughs> for the episode. This is Ice Spice's that's mood. Weird. This is the mood that she was talking about. <laughs> oh man, yo, episode forty. Yes, sir. Alex Koku, Alavera. Great episode. Thanks y'all for listening and uh yeah, it's happening with y'all soon. Peace. Yeah.